This is Tame Your Talent, the podcast. Brad J with you for yet another Tame Your Talent podcast. Coming to you this time from Beijing, China, out here for the Olympic Winter Games, the Paralympic Winter Games, and out here for a very long time. I'll tell you what, and that can really do something to the old mental stability when you're in a different country for a very long time. In this episode, Russia almost breaking me. Yep, I spent seven weeks in Russia, and it was during a very rough time. It was during the Olympic Winter Games in 2014, and Russia was uh, thinking about invading Crimea, Ukraine. All that was going on at the same time. Back in 2014, when I was on Russia, and I'll tell you what, it almost broke me. And I'm going to just keep it real with this podcast. And we'll come from the heart on this one and tell you what I went through in Russia for that many weeks and how tough that was for me to handle it. All right. This is Tame Your Talent. My name is Brad Jay, and I am your host, a 20-plus year action sports, mainstream sports announcer and TV commentator, uh, bringing it to you from uh, all parts of the globe. That's right. Also got a radio show that you can tune into. Man, if you like classic rock, I got you. I got you covered. It's uh, ktyd.com. That's the website. You can go on there. Uh, I'm on the air Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to midnight. That's uh, West Coast time in California, 7 p.m. to midnight. And uh, if you're in Santa Barbara, Ventura, you can get it on the FM dial, 99.9. But if you're not in Santa Barbara, Ventura, which a lot of people aren't, I got people listen to my podcast from the UK, from Sweden, all over the US. Well, you can get it at ktyd.com. There's also an app, a free app at the App Store to download that as well. So if you like classic rock, I got you covered. Not many commercials and a whole lot of rock and roll, okay? Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to midnight, ktyd.com. My social media stuff, that's pretty simple, at Brad, J-A-Y-M-C, at Brad, J-A-Y-M-C on the social front. That's Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to Tame Your Talent on YouTube. I've been posting up some videos. It's not easy to do when you're in China. You need a VPN to do that. But a couple of new videos, about three or four new videos uh, you can check out and subscribe to my YouTube page, exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff from Olympic Games and things like that. All right. Uh, This time, this episode, I want to talk about Russia because that's what's uh, been in the news lately with the invasion in Ukraine going on. And it brings me back to uh, 2014. It was tough, man. It was tough uh, being out there for that long. And, and I'll tell you, working in Russia and working for the Russian Organizing Committee, I mean, I got paid Russian money. And that's a tough thing to swallow when you think about what's been going on. I mean, at the time, in 2014, they almost didn't pay us. I mean, we had we took months and months to try to get paid from the organizing committee in Russia, and finally we got our money, and it was tough. And I was out there for seven straight weeks. See, I was out there for the Olympic Games, and I had a chance to where I could have went home in between and then came back out for the Paralympic Winter Games, but I did not. I chose to stay, and it's uh, something that re- I regretted and something I told myself I would never do again. I said, I'll never do that again. And here I am in China doing that same thing. <laughs> I decided to stay because the COVID protocol was such a pain to have to travel back to the U.S. So I just said, you know, I'll just stay, you know, a nice hotel, what have you. But it starts to weigh on your psyche for a while. And it's just and it brought me back. And I'm like, you know what? Time to to bring it up what it was like in Russia. And when I went out there, I mean, everybody was telling me uh, before the Olympics, don't go to Russia. Don't go to Russia. It's scary out there. Keep your head down. Something's going to happen. And I mean, when you're there for sport 
and you're there for the Olympic experience, it's a different thing. You have to somehow try to check out on the politics side of things from all the countries you go to. And for me, traveling to so many different countries, like being here in China, being there in Russia, being in Korea, like there's things that you don't agree with, with the way they operate their countries, and you don't agree with the leadership and all that stuff. But I made a, a point a long time ago that if I was going to do this stuff, I had to kind of put the political stuff aside and focus on the task at hand. And that's doing my job. This is my actual job. I mean, how many of you have a job that, you know, you're not a big fan of, but you have to do it because it's your job. That's how you survive. That's how you pay the bills. And that's how I've supported my family and brought up three amazing kids uh, through all this time. So, so there, it was, there I was going to Russia. Wasn't an easy thing to do. I was worried a little bit. Uh, people put a lot of stuff in my head. And then when I was there, the Olympic side of things were great. I mean, I had no problem with the first, uh, what was it, the first three weeks there. Absolutely amazing. And it also matters that you work with some amazing people. And uh, a lot of the people I work with uh, in live event production back in those days, now I'm with OBS television. So I'm with the television side of things now, so it's a little different. But back in the day, working for the live organizing committee, it's just a different story. And a lot of good friends I work with that uh, all do the live stuff. And we have a great time when we're all together. And we had a great time during the Olympics. But it was crazy because things were crazy. Like, you would go to the venue one day and there'd be no rhyme or reason what they were doing, what was allowed in the venue, and then what was not allowed the next day. One day you could bring in a can of Red Bull. The next day you could not bring in that can of Red Bull. One day you could bring in a bottle of water. The next day you could not bring in that bottle of water. You'd go to these search zones where you had to roll up the windows and they'd put a sticker on the door jam. So if you open the door, they saw the sticker was broken and you'd be in trouble for that. So there was stuff like that that was just weird. A lot of, lot of uh, military guards and stuff standing around with M16s in their hand. And it was just a different experience. And one of the one of the experiences I remember quite profusely is uh, going in. It was USA playing uh, Russia in hockey. And we went into a Russian bar, a good friend of mine, Mark. And we went in there, and he's wearing an American flag on the hat. Now, I like to be a little bit more low-key when I go to other countries, but he did that. And we walked in, and everybody was staring at us. You could see it just right away, just the filthy looks. And Russia was winning at that time in that hockey match, so it was actually it was okay. But then all of a sudden, USA took the lead. And then these people started staring at us even more. And it started feeling really uncomfortable. Like, here is, I swear it was probably 100 to 200 people in that bar. And they were focusing on us and my friend wearing the American flag on his hat. So we're sitting there, minding our own business. And USA takes the lead. Everyone's really focusing, man. We're like, okay, they're really staring at us now. And then USA eventually wins the match, wins the hockey game, and it's over. And, every, and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen now? Is everyone's just going to, like, grab us and throw us out the window? But the whole entire place, 100 to 200 people left within probably 10 minutes. The place was absolutely empty. We were the only two people there besides the wait, the wait person and, and the people working at the bar. So it was crazy. And I never felt a little bit more scared than I did that time right there. That was okay. But you know what? The thing is, the people that we work with, the Russian people, they're good people. 
you know, what they're involved in and what their, their leadership runs, you don't have a choice. We've learned that in the U.S. So we don't have a choice what the leaders do. Once they get elected, they just do whatever they're going to do. And it's sad that you don't have a choice on that. It's sad for the Russian people because so many people I work with back then and Ukrainians too as well, just good people, like still friends with them to this day. So it's just sad to see that. But so the Olympics were coming to an end and they were just finishing up. And I knew that uh, I had some time that I got to stay, you know, so I knew that I had a good little over two weeks before Paralympics kicked in. And I had to change locations. I was up on the mountains, which was beautiful, and just up there. And just they have some beautiful mountains there in Sochi. But then I went down to the, the waterfront on the Black Sea at a very sketchy hotel that we were staying at. To just something was not right with that hotel. I felt like I heard screams in the middle of the night. And I don't know if that was my imagination, but I was definitely turning to the beers and the vodka because I just was getting to a point where I was just tired of it, right? So I moved back down, and then the Olympic, everyone leaves. So once the Olympics are over, everyone goes out. And then I went, I'm there by myself now, right? I had no one to hang out. I think there, maybe there was one person I had that I knew that I could hang out with. That was it. But the rest of it was all over. All the fun, hanging out with your friends that you work with, and all that stuff was done. And my attitude went from, just being, you know, happy and joking around and partying and having fun with my friends to just, wow, I'm here. I'm in a strange country. I'm all by myself. No one I could speak English to. One other person. It got scary. And all my posts on, you know, Facebook and what have you went from like happy, funny guy to sad, lonely, bummed out guy. And... I tried to, you know, occupy my time. I'd walk around. I would try to do things and have fun, and, and I couldn't. It was just, it was sad. And I was just very lonely. And it's one of those things when you get to that point and you're in a strange country, and you're in a, a country tough like that, to kind of sit and reflect, how did I get here? And, and for me, being a professional announcer, I had no idea you know, when I took on my first X Games back, you know, 99, 2000, back in those days, uh, what it would lead to and where I would go, where my travels would take me. I never in a million years thought I'd be in Russia, of all places, but I was. And I had to get through it. And I did eventually. And when Paralympics did start, I was able to move back up to the mountain area. And I did para Paralympic snowboarding, which was amazing. Got to do that, and that was a very moving experience because these athletes tra travel around the world to be in this place to compete. And Paralympic athletes are pretty awesome people, you know. And I was able to kind of reset, but it was tough. Couldn't talk to the family. Phone service wasn't very good. Internet service was horrible, so I couldn't even escape my daily day. My day. But I was able to get through it. And then a few more people came from the U.S. that I was working with uh, for Paralympics. And it made it a lot easier. And I got through it. And I just think back now to that time. It was very tough. But I came back to the States. And my wife's idea was to take all the money that we were to make from Russia. And to sink it into a family business. 
a frozen yogurt shop in uh, Port Angeles, Washington, is what we were going to do. And I was against it, didn't want to do it. That's a lot of money. It was about $24,000, right? Twenty-four grand for being there, like seven and a half weeks. And it wasn't easy. But on the travel back, which made it even more scary to me, is I flew through St. Petersburg, right? St. Pete, uh, Russia. And I land at midnight. My plane is not till 8 o'clock in the morning. I have no hotel. I have no place to go. At that point, I was tapped out. Didn't have enough money to even get a hotel if I wanted one. So I get there, and I don't know what to do. So I'm kind of waiting in, like, the, the airport lobby, kind of waiting. Uh, and the security, big Russian dude, comes up with a gun and just says, No, you cannot stay here. No. I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? I don't, I don't have a place. It's snowing outside. I'm thinking to myself, if I have to spend the night outside, I'm going to freeze to death and die, and this is all for nothing, man. So I somehow just tried to keep talking to him in my broken English and to where they'd understand, telling him, I have no place to go. And they eventually, after about an hour of talking to different people and whatnot, they finally let me stay and let me stay the night in the airport. I'd never been so relieved to sleep on a bench in my entire life at an airport. That was like, and it was freezing because it was the lobby area. So it was really cold. And it was, it was snowstorm outside. So very scary experience. I finally get on the plane. I make it all the way back. I get back to the States. And my wife's like, let's just take the money and we're going to invest it right in this frozen yogurt place. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. Can't wait. Meanwhile, I definitely did not want to do that. And then the battle became to get paid. And there was a guy that was working for us named Rocky. And that guy, he took us on all on his back. And he sent letters and he did everything, the correspondence back and forth to get us paid. And he worked at it and he worked at it. And it took, I think it took a couple, for two months, three months. We finally got it. We got paid. And it was 24 grand. My wife took all of it. And she invested into a frozen yogurt shop that we named Sweet and Salty. Right? So there it is. I risked my life, go through seven weeks in just the last three being just tormented, have to stay in an airport, almost feel like I was going to get put out in the snow. And I make it back, I get the money, and then she wants to soak it in to a frozen yogurt shop. So we did that. And I did that grudgingly. I was not into it, but put the money in, and we did all the work, sanded the floors, put the cabinets in, bought the yogurt machines. We did all the stuff ourselves because we couldn't afford to have a contract to do it because it w I wouldn't have had enough money. But we did it. And we opened the frozen yogurt shop and we ran it in Washington for three years. And it actually worked. It paid off. And we were able to sell the yogurt shop. Even though we didn't even own the building, we were able to sell the business for about $40,000 or $45,000. I think that's what we, we got eventually for that. So we were able to actually make money out of it. But I tell you, I... Go back to that experience, and it was it was rough. Once the Olympics it was over, that's the rough part. That's the rough patch that I hit, and it was so tough to get through that. And I just had to try and, you know, just somehow go to a happy place 
And when you're solo like that, it's really, really tough to be able to get through it. And I, and I remember just during the Paralympic Games, just watching the only television I got, station I got, was called Russia Today, and it was done in English. And it's a propaganda, man. That's what it is. You start believing it, going, yeah, you know, hey, man, they're not so bad after all. Like the people around the country are actually, you know, they're not that bad. Maybe we have them bad. But I realized after it was all said and done, like, it was almost like a slight brainwashing that I was going through over there. But in recent light of what's been going on recently with Russia and Ukraine, that made me think about my whole experience over there in Russia. And, uh, you know, I think it made me stronger as a person, makes me be able to handle things a little bit better. And uh, that's where we are today. So being here in China, same thing kind of happened to me, starts going through my mind like, wow, this is not easy to do. But, uh, you know, friends and family are is so important in situations. So never alienate yourself. And if you're alone, definitely reach out to someone. And, you know, if you're suffering mental illness stuff or whatever, stability-wise, reach out. It's very important to uh, to help you get through. All right, there you go. That's going to do it. That is the podcast for Tamer Town. Sorry to keep it real like that, but, you know, I like to be funny. But sometimes, you know, it's not the stories that I'm talking about aren't so funny. And this was definitely one that was uh, tough. And I can look back and I can get some humor out of it too. But, yeah, it was tough going through that time. Remember, do have a radio show. Tune on in. It is on ktyd.com ktyd.com 7 to midnight cali west coast time it's all about classic rock six hours of it it's an amazing show you'll dig it not very many commercials all killer no filler you can download the ktyd app too if you want to put it just on your phone it's a free app too so you can go get ktyd the app at the app store and you can always have the radio show as well and subscribe to my youtube page tame your talent why because there's cool videos there man I spent a lot of time putting those things up there, huh? Let's have them not fall on deaf ears. There you go. So uh, check that out too as well. And uh, Instagram, at Brad, J-A-Y-M-C. Instagram, at Brad, J-A-Y-M-C. I post up there regularly. Also, my Facebook page, give me a like. Also, at Brad, J-A-Y-M-C. That's going to do it. Tame your talent, the podcast. My stay in Russia. It was a tough one, but worth it in the end. That's going to do it. See ya.